Hello and welcome to another episode of the Library of the Island Book Boy podcast. Today I am interviewing author Michelle Robinson and illustrator Sharon Davy about their new chapter book for younger readers, Do Not Disturb the Dragons. It's awesome, you don't want to miss it. Right, hello everyone. Today I am talking to not one, but two fabulously talented people. I've got author Michelle Robinson and illustrator Sharon Davey. And I'm talking to both of them because they are the creators of a wonderful new chapter book, Do Not Disturb the Dragons, which is published by Bloomsbury. Hi Michelle, hi Sharon. Hiya. Hi Jo. How are you both? (laughs) Very good, very good. Excellent. Yeah, not bad at all. Good. Nice to be here. Thank you for having us. No, thank you so much for coming on. It's great to have you both to chat to you at once. It makes it much more interesting if there were two of you to, to bounce things off. So thank you. Yeah, so, we're, we're troubled together as well. So it's, it's always fun. <laughs> well, that's perfect. We like a bit of well-mannered trouble. <laughs> and fun. we sound a little bit weird when we all talk over one another. We get that kind of trolls guy diamond sound, which I'm quite liking makes us sound quite quite cool <laughs> yeah it does sometimes happen we do go a bit robotic but we'll have to just try our best to to power through the robotic <laughs> <laughs> so let's get started then michelle i think you've got a little bit of a reading for us and also a no spoiler introduction to what the story <laughs> is actually about yes well i'll try my best um so yes do not disturb the dragons is about two sisters adoptive sisters grace and portia who live in the realm of Wondermere, and it's basically the place I'd love to hang out. It's got witches, trolls, uh, dragons, all kinds of magical things, um, and it's just a load of fun. I really like the idea of girls in armour, girls wearing armour, really appeals to me. Um, so I thought I'd put it in a story. Um, shall I read you the little introduction, yes. the very first bit? Oh, yes, please. Okay. It was the first and most important rule in Wondermere. Do not disturb the dragons. The other 946 rules were there to make sure the first rule was never broken. Rules like, do not distract the knights who guard the dragons. Do not dilly-dally beneath the castle turrets. And definitely do not attempt to climb them. Seriously, don't even think about it. Especially you, Princess Grace. So yes... That's how the book starts. I sense trouble ahead. <laughs> Can't think why. Yes, quite a lot of trouble and quite a lot of fun and adventure. I really wanted to make it. I loved in school when um, at the end of the day, before the bus came and picked me up, I had to go early because I got the minibus. Our teacher would read us a chapter of a book and it was the best thing ever. And I always used to be gutted because I had to leave that bit early and I used to miss the end of it every time. So I wanted to write a book where every chapter was a sort of self-contained little bit of adventure that left you on a on tenterhooks for what was going to happen next. And I, I really hope I've just about managed it in this book. I think so. I always like to end readings on a good cliffhanger. Yes, exactly. Leave them wanting more, right? Precisely, yes, exactly <laughs> so. And um, Sharon, you are the illustrator of this wonderful book, and I, I'm always interested to hear how illustrators come to be on board because it happens in lots of different ways. How did it happen for you? 
It does. It's so varied. It's 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 quite unreal. Um, I was lucky enough to work with um another writer, Emma Perry, on on a book a while ago, and Emma. And I think I'm right in saying that Emma showed Michelle some of my earlier sketches for her book. Yep. And so that's how Michelle came to know about me. Um, and then when they were trying to find an illustrator for um, Do Not Disturb the Dragons, I think my name was brought up by Michelle. It was. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's how this one went down. But that's not, not, not a, an average story, I wouldn't imagine. But uh, very lucky to be involved, really. Yeah, that's super cool. And it was a picture book you worked on with Emma, wasn't it? Yes, it was. And that was another, um, it was uh, I don't like books, never ever the end. So I've got an I don't like and I've got a do not. So I've got <laughs> a few a few titles with uh, negatives in it, which which people say you're not supposed to use, but I think they sound quite interesting. Bossy um, books. Yeah. Bossy books. It's all good. Actually, my, yeah. my daughter's homeschooling today was all about that. And um, bossy words, imperative verbs or whatever they're called. Yeah, they are. Do yeah. not and instructions. So it's all it's all good. And um, yeah, I'm I'm was just thrilled to know that you were going to be illustrating this one. It's the best news ever. Yeah, no, they really are fantastic, and we're going to talk about them a bit more down the line. But Michelle, previously yes. you have written lots of brilliant picture books. And am I right in saying that this is your first foray into a chapter book? It is. It's the first one that's uh, been published. Okay. <laughs> I have tried before um, uh, just to give myself something different to do. I love writing picture books. For me, it's like um, trying to do a challenging crossword. But as a writer, I'm hungry to try my hand at different things. And sometimes my ideas just are that bit older or that bit more involved there's clearly a subplot going on you can't really do much subplot in your average picture book um mm. so this one was longer but this actually did start as a rhyming picture book funnily enough um oh, okay. yeah uh so that's quite weird yeah it used to start grace is a lady in waiting she's sensitive dainty and kind should princess paulette need a favor grace says why of course i don't mind braiding her hair lacing dresses doing needlework playing croquet Grace does as she's told until nightfall when she quietly tiptoes away. She swaps her blue ball gown for armour. She ditches the ribbons and lace. It's out with her bodice and petticoats and in with her sword and her mace. So it started out <laughs> as this kind of romping girl in armour thing. And it's, I mean, it's moved on. It's not Princess Paulette anymore. It's Princess Portia. Grace isn't a lady in waiting. She's a bona fide princess. Um, and, but yeah, it started as a very a very whole idea you know I knew exactly what was going to happen that these princesses were having to bend the rules to do what they wanted um, and sneak around in armour because of course when you're wearing a helmet no one can tell whether you're a boy or a girl um, and of course we're, we are all just the same we can all we're all capable of doing just the same things that boys are doing um, and in this world the only way Grace and Portia can get away with it is by doing it in disguise. Oh, very kind. See, I was going to ask you where you started with the writing because some people have a very clear idea and start from the beginning and go through. Some people start in the middle or the end. Did yeah. you start from the beginning with this one? Or yes, I'm not. See, I'm very experienced at writing picture books and not so experienced in writing chapter books. So for me, I don't tend to plan. Even though I had the whole picture book worked out, I did realise very quickly that. To turn it into a chapter book, I needed an awful lot more going on. Um, you know, there was just so many different threads to the narrative. Um, but I don't. I 
don't like planning. I like the story to surprise me and the characters to surprise me as I go along so that I feel just as surprised as a reader when something happens. <laughs> um, it can make for quite a slow process because I have to redraft a lot. Um, but I find it more fun and more playful. So I have a, a, a basic understanding of what the logical end will be, you know, the kind of the story arc that a character goes on. Um, but how they get there and what happens in the middle is usually a bit of a mystery when I start out. Oh, okay. And did apart from having to have kind of subplots and different threads going on, did you mm. notice any other key differences between writing a longer chapter book and a picture book? Not, no, I wouldn't say anything specific. It's For me, it's more because I have got two young children at home, uh, completely at home at the minute, I don't have very many hours in the day. So for me, picture books work really well because say if I have to abandon writing for a couple of weeks for whatever crisis is going on at home, I can very easily contain an entire picture book within my head. It's contained upon no more than three sheets of paper. Um, when you've started something this big, I think these are about 17,000 words, which to some writers is small still, but to me it's huge. Mm. It's very, very difficult to step away from that and keep it all in your brain, in one place. Um, so for me, that was the craziest thing, just knowing there were so many uh, occurrences within the plot, so many incidents, so many locations, so many characters, and, and so many rules. I mean, Wondermere is a kingdom of rules, and that's part of the plot um, device, is that that's, the whole place is governed by these very archaic and silly rules. Um, but also the rules you've created within this magical realm, you know, um, how do the people, uh, how do the different species interact with one another? And, you know, what what kind, what kind of magic is there? What What is possible? What isn't possible? So you also have to kind of come up with all this stuff. So you invent it and then you have to kind of shepherd it as well. And it's crazy, yeah, it's <laughs> but awful, good fun. Yeah, awful <laughs> lot going on. Yeah. Cool, thank you. And Sharon, when you are illustrating, do you like to work through sequentially or do you start with the cover? Do you have your favourite scene that you're dying to illustrate and you do that first? How do you like to work? Uh, well, um, Michelle gave me the same challenge that she kind of gave herself in lots of ways. <laughs> um, because um, uh, her background is in picture books, she did the, the most wonderful thing that you can do for an illustrator and didn't put a huge amount of specific description in the whole of the book, which was uh, fantastic because I could just make up absolutely everything. Everything that was visual was just out, just completely came out of my imagination. Um, but that meant there was a lot of time spent developing characters and figuring out how big the dragons were compared to the people compared to the castle compared to the lake and the moat and all those kind of things so we did a lot of character development at the beginning um and that was i think that was really really helpful and i've ended up with a whole wall of it in my house of all the different characters and what they all look like from all different angles so that when we got on to doing the internal drawings and there's 57 drawings in the book I knew what I was aiming for as I went through, um, but I did go through it um, uh, sequentially, just from beginning to end, uh, just because I was a bit nervous about forgetting one of the illustrations. <laughs> so I just had to keep reminding me which number I was on, to be perfectly honest. Um, but the last thing we did was the map. So um, that was a really, a really nice way of ending it. Yes, I was going to ask about the map, actually. I know that some authors like to have, they do their own maps of the, stories as a kind of planning tool to help them navigate their kingdom 
But in this case, was it kind of a collaborative effort at the end and then Sharon produced the final map? Yeah, basically my editor, Hannah Sanford at Bloomsbury, who's amazing, um, kept sort of prodding me for a map as I went along. And it was sort of in my head as a rough where where things were in relation to one another. And also I've got a lot of other stuff that I know is in Wondermere that's not necessarily in this book. So I, I kind of had it all in in my head. And Hannah kept saying, you know, can you just do a little doodle so that Sharon knows where things are in relation to one another and things like that. So eventually I did this terrible, terrible thing on a, <laughs> I think it was a PowerPoint slide or whatever, which is my only thing that I can draw with on my computer. <laughs> so I kind of plonked some horrible things in and said, you know, sorry about it. It was rough. brilliant. Yeah, well, it, you know, it's sort of it's a horrible great. schematic. Um, but yeah, it did help actually. It helped me to have it down in some, even in a plonky way, just to remind myself of what direction the girls were going in on occasions and things. Um but yeah, once uh, Sharon properly fleshed it out, it's it's lovely. Um, but I was thinking of maps as well. Some of the maps I love in books. Um, I can't believe I've got a book with a map in it, by the way. It's really cool. I have, I do have one in a picture book in Elephant's Pyjamas. Emily Fox, who's lovely, um, did a, a cute little map of um, all these animals' houses. But this is a detailed, glorious map of adventure. And I love it. Um and I was thinking about all those maps I love in books. One of my favourite ones are the ones in the Winnie the Pooh books. Yes. And you have their little footprints. Mm -hmm. And it's not just the places, it's the, the things that have happened. So it will be sort of, you know, where, where they found a woozle or whatever will be marked on the map. So I kind of, I thought if this was Wondermere, what would be marked on a map? And it would be the rules. So, um, yeah, we added some nice bits on at the end, didn't we, Sharon, with um, things like, we did, yeah. things like do not loiter at the forest market and <laughs> things like that so it's yeah just a li little bit of fun awesome and Sharon how did you find working from Michelle's powerpoint schematic to producing the, the very beautiful <laughs> map that we do now have uh, well we've kind of spoken about this before so it won't be a shock to her <laughs> but, but but it was the hardest thing to draw in the whole book <laughs> Because um, the the one thing that her that um, Michelle's schematic didn't take into consideration, <laughs> Sorry. which unfortunately you have to as an illustrator, is that there's a fold in the book, so you can't put anything in the middle. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I did spend a good couple of hours trying to figure out where everything went. I had um, my children, I had the cat involved. Everybody <laughs> had their opinion on where everything should go. Um, because there's some there's some parts of it that you know the, the castle needs to be a certain amount of days away from the outer sea and then the the amount of time it takes the girls to get to the market and to get to other places so it just had to look like it would take them about that amount of time yeah so it it took about four hours to wrangle all that out um but the, the actual map of exists as one drawing as well so um which was I don't normally work like that I normally compile it together in in on the computer so it, it is quite it is quite fun to look at it and think that's that's just like yeah. an actual map that you could you could get in the oldie days you could you could it's use this fun. map yeah if you were in Wondermere this would get you around it's exactly. so cool yeah it's um <laughs> it's incredible it's a it's an amazing piece of work and that um that gutter down the middle that's actually that's a volcanic fault line in Wondermere I'm sure. Right, yes, yeah. indeed. Perfect. I have to say, as a reader, I love looking at maps to get an idea of what, what I might encounter in the story. So as well as being really beautiful pieces of artwork, they, they I like to have a peek at them and figure out what might be going on where, and yeah, I find them really useful. 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it makes you feel like you're there somehow as well, doesn't it, from the off? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could just step into the map and then you're there with them. Yeah. Yeah. No, they are fantastic. Um, so on to the next question, which mm-hmm. is about the themes that I picked up in the story um, as I was going. It's very much, in my opinion, it seemed to be about gender equality, fighting the system, and there's some definite rule breaking in there too. Why did you decide to make those some of the key themes in the story? Um, I think because they're important to me, really. I don't always, well, I don't think I ever truly intend to put a theme or a message in a book. Honestly, I don't. And then people pick them out. I was aware with this one that it had a a strong sort of feminist message, I suppose. Um, But I guess since I've become a mum to a daughter, it's really made me think about the the rules and the assumptions and the prejudices I've grown up with as a woman um, and what messages I want to give to her. When she was really tiny, she loved everything pink and she loved really, really princessy things and it drove me mad, but she loved it. Um, thankfully, I mean, she's only eight now, but she has now kind of very firmly pushed all that stuff aside. Um, and that's that's cool. It's all role playing. I don't mind girls playing pink princesses. That's that's cool. Um, but I wouldn't want to encourage her to only think about that kind of princess. Um, so I think that stuff was just on my mind, really, when I wrote this. Um, and I think it's really just it's about a society living with very outdated um, points of view that they've been re- reared with. Um and that old guard sort of, which is me now, really, having to get to grips with a younger generation who have far broader minds. And, you know, we're all broadening our own minds in, in that process. I think that's what's going on in Wondermere. You know, King Wonder's old fashioned. He doesn't think girls can do anything. Um, but Grace and Portia are opening his eyes to the fact that they can. Um, so to me, it's just really a fun way of exploring something that is happening in the real world. But putting it into a fantastical silly daft place where there are unicorns and pooing dragons fabulous and that's why I, that's why I, yeah and on that bombshell that's why funny books are so brilliant though because you can address some quite topical ideas but the humor just lightens it and makes it a safe place to explore i think yes yeah and i think that's it because i know truthfully i'm not the most brilliantly superbly knowledgeable person about all of this stuff sometimes I feel like my ideas are probably a bit stuck in the past and I'm having to wrangle with some of this myself but yes to to explore it in a light way that's about as deep as I get (laughs) (laughs) but it does let me explore it and it it, it's it's fun and it it lets you have those conversations in a way with younger children that isn't too stuffy um yeah and and you can look at you can look at a character in a book and talk about the problems they're facing and you can very easily relate them back to real life and it's it's fun it's nice yeah no i 100% agree funny books are are so important and that leads yeah. me on to a the humor in the story and why it's so important and sharon how you managed to capture that humor in the illustrations and how those two really work together to to bring out the the funny side and how did you do that 
How did you do that, Michelle? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I, you know, Joe, I, I like to write funny books. It's kind of my thing. Life isn't always a barrel of laughs, is it? Um, so I find I naturally write funny, even sometimes when I don't think I'm being funny. Someone will read what I've written, my agent or my editor or whatever, and I go, oh, no, that, you have put humour in there. And I think, have I? Um, I think I just naturally am a little bit, not flippant, I think I just view things in a way that's a bit wonky and a bit silly and if I don't make light of things I can find things get very heavy very quickly and I get anxious very quickly. The thing about being an author or any creative person, I'm sure Sharon can relate to this as well, is when you have a really big imagination it's brilliant because you can imagine pooing unicorns and whole realms and worthy of maps but (laughs) it means that you also can imagine worst case scenarios an awful lot and your mind will run away with you and you can get very very worried and I know a lot of creative children feel this as well we yeah. we get ourselves in little knots um worrying about things that will probably never happen um and that's the flip side of a big imagination you see so um I like to write these silly silly things they give us anybody anxious or you can be having a nice day and still need a laugh um but yeah I I hope uh, that I gave Sharon enough funny things to draw that when you draw them they are naturally funny but Sharon's naturally funny so her humour comes through in all her illustrations it's a real gift yes no it is Sharon did you have a favourite funny scene to illustrate um I mean there's there's quite a lot there's quite a lot of physical humour in, in the whole thing um uh, the girls, the sisters, do a lot of actions together that that end up in hilarity too. So I was I was in a very fortunate position, um, and a lot of the things I had some crazy facial expressions, and that's what I really concentrated on to trying to get their their um, characteristics across. So I was in a very very lucky position with the words that Michelle gave me. My favourite scene. Um, is one of the funniest scenes and it's quite close to the the, the beginning of the book um, is when Grace and Portia and get themselves stuck in some armour and it's the middle of the night because they've had to go to try their armour on when no one else is around so they've done it in the middle of the night um, and they get themselves stuck with their arms above their head and they can't do anything about it and both of them get stuck exactly at the same time so they can't even help each other so they decide to go and visit Taffy who's a troll in the night to see if he can help them um, so they wander around in the, in the dead of the night with their arms stuck above their head and it's so funny it was so it was so fun to draw I kept thinking I wonder if I could of this this is so good <laughs> Oh, I've done that in changing rooms before. It's horrendous. Yeah. <laughs> We've all done it. We've all done it, just not necessarily in rusty armour. <laughs> yeah, definitely, all the time. Yeah. And um, Michelle, did, can you can you bear to pick a, a favourite illustration? It's really hard. There's one bit that, uh, I love it all. It's all so, it's so fun. Um, but I'm particularly pleased. There's a really pleasing sort of top and tail echo that we've done in, in the book where... Um, grace kind of ends up exactly where she starts um when when you mm-hmm. when you read the book you'll find out hillary mantel did this you know with wolf hall i feel very highbrow oh, yes. that i've done it i've pulled a mantel <laughs> in, in a chapter book but yeah um so you have young grace at the start when she's a you know chubby little toddler just arriving at the castle and she's climbing up the turret and um she might have some turret climbing towards the end to do as well and she's a 
a bigger thing in armor and that for me is really pleasing um when you see those two pictures and grace comes full circle so i just think that's great brilliant Love it. Now, you hinted um, that there were places on the map that we hadn't yet explored. So could I surmise that maybe there might be more coming from Grace and Portia? There might just be. I don't think you can really keep Grace and Portia down, can you? No. I mean, it did end on the kind of note that suggested they were off to do some serious business. Yes. Uh, yeah. So uh, the next one we are working on as we speak. Well, not at the same time. That would be crazy. But it's... um. <laughs> yes, it's nearing nearing completion from my point of view. Poor Sharon still has another not even started. <laughs> to go, so um, yeah, uh, is that so deep as I write it? Uh, the things that I'm forcing upon Sharon, so I shall try and not add anything too more. You know, because I know Wonder Me is quite a lot bigger than that map, so I'll I'll go steady. I'll go steady on Sharon. Um, no, yes, give me really a challenge. Exciting. I want a challenge. Oh, you better. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yes it's there are lots more places on that map um that we've sowed the seed for in this book uh that yeah grace and portia are longing to explore fantastic um, and is that due for publication next year or yes <gasps> yes mm. so, yeah exciting that is exciting thank you now yeah. that brings me to the end of my dragon related questions but michelle <laughs> i couldn't let you go without discussing the lollies yes now i was lucky enough to be at the lollies Yes. And I just happened to see you make a very well-deserved win, which you can tell us about in a second. But I also got to witness, well, <laughs> um, you were wearing a really spectacular outfit. I was. Well, the invitation, <laughs> Joe, said dress to impress. You did. Um, I dressed as a sausage because... That's what I normally do in my day job. I'm actually really missing it. You know, at the time of recording, we're still in lockdown. I haven't been to a school to entertain children for months and I miss it. Um, I'm normally a sausage or a dinosaur or a banana. Um, so, yeah, it just felt right. I knew there were going to be lots of children at the event. I thought they don't want to see a load of adults dressed all the same. Um, I'm not very good actually at dressing to impress. I'm rubbish. I don't scrub up very well. I feel very awkward. I'm a bit, I'm a bit like Grace in the book actually. I am a tomboy, um, so it was easier for me to just put my sausage outfit on and look <laughs> impressive. I thought. So, um, yeah. So for those who aren't in know, the Lollies is um, the Laugh Out Loud Book Awards. And um, Michelle, you had a picture book nominated, Ten Fat Sausages, which was yes. illustrated by Tor Freeman, wasn't it? Yes. So there was a reason to be a sausage. It wasn't that random. You know, <laughs> I was supporting Team Sausage by being a sausage. Um, but yes, Ten Fat Sausages uh, won the best picture book at the Laugh Out Loud Awards, which was astonishing. I was re genuinely staggered. It was a lovely <laughs> moment. Um, but at that moment, I did feel like a bit of a wally in my sausage costume when I had to go up no. and shake Julia Donaldson's hand <laughs> take my award, dressed as a sausage. And there were these very serious looking photographers there going, hey, smile, because I was smiling like an idiot because I'd just won an award. That's amazing. Um because there were some brilliant books shortlisted. It was, it was a dream. But the worst bit was, I live in Somerset, and so if I don't get the, the train home, it kind of turns into a pumpkin. So um, I kind of got, got to stay, be a sausage, and then I had to bolt out the door. Yes, I didn't see you afterwards. I was hoping, you know, for a it bit was of a shame. chat. But no, 
No, but I sat on the train. <laughs> Trains, remember them? I sat on the train wow. with my award on the table <laughs> so that everyone on the train could see it. Were you still dressed as a sausage? I wasn't. It's quite hot in that, actually. It's quite hot. But see, the thing is, I, I was in, in the, the ladies at the start and there were all these kids in there having a wee before that they sat down. And Sophie Hen, do you know Sophie Hen, the yes, author? Lovely author. Amazing sparkly earrings oh, she was wearing, and wasn't she? Sophie is, she's a wonderful, wonderful author, a wonderful illustrator, a wonderful human being. She's brilliant, but she's also incredibly gorgeous and glamorous and she looked amazing. And I said, I should put my sausage on, shouldn't I? <laughs> I just thought, yes, I can't compete with this. So, um, yeah, the sausage went on. It's, it's got to be done sometimes. I just, I don't do that getting doled up thing. I'm not very good at it. No, it not. just it's not yeah I'm rubbish I just yeah can't do it feel very uncomfortable give me a suit of armor any day mm, a metaphorical mm. suit of armor well you made an excellent yes. sausage and I have to say that 10 fat sausages was one we, we got to read the whole long list yeah and obviously it's a lot of books and a lot of them I donated yeah. to a school library but yes. 10 fat sausages made it onto our keeping space on the bookcase so oh wow you know that's a that's an honor it's prestigious it's- yeah, it does seem to have gone down very, very well, that book. I'm really glad because when I wrote it, my agent said, you can't write a book about sausages going bang and pop. It's barbaric. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, well, it's basically you've been framed, isn't it? You know, we, we love a little bit of calamity and other people coming a cropper. And they're only sausages. Exactly. They're probably vegetarian sausages, you know. So it's, it's fine. It's a little bit of fun sometimes seeing something go whoopsie. They're mostly um, okay at the end anyway, aren't they? They are mostly okay, yeah. I mean, they'd end up eaten anyway, so it's just, you know, one f- swapping the frying pan for it for a different kind of fire, really. But, um, yeah, they are mostly okay. I didn't harm any real sausages in the making of the book. Thank goodness. So, you know, I don't even like sausages, actually. Maybe and that's I, why I didn't <laughs> Yeah, maybe that's why I did away with them. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But yeah, it was um it was a dream winning that award. I still I'm genuinely still pinching myself. I do yeah, it's very strange being handed an award and being told, Your book is funny. I thought, well, I thought it was funny. I didn't <laughs> really expect anyone else to. Oh, so, no, well, congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Right, well, that brings us to the end of all my questions. And the end of our chat. So all that remains for me to say is thank you to both of you so much for giving up your time to talk to me. I really do appreciate it. Oh, You're very welcome. Pleasure. Thank you very much for having us. My pleasure. Yes. Right. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. what are you waiting for go out and get yourself a copy now that's it for this week no reviews as there sometimes are but if you are after any specific recommendations or just a browse at some new titles you can always head over to my blog www.librarygirlandbookboy.com or you can find me on twitter or instagram as at book superhero 2 or you can find me on facebook in the library girl and book boy group don't be shy come and find me goodbye